0: Let me invite on to the show Vuyom Lokoti, who is the DDG in the Eastern Cape Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Uh, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: Good morning, Kathy, and the, and the other colleagues.
0: Let me also welcome on the show Managing Director at Municipal IQ, uh, Kevin Allen. Kevin, good morning to you.
2: Uh, morning, How's, how are you and nice to
0: be on your show. Sure, thank you. thank you so much for making time for us. And later on we'll also be joined by Ayabonga Gawe, who is a development economist uh, and he'll be weighing in, in as far as uh, the state of affairs in the Eastern Cape. Uh, Mr. Mlokoti, let me begin with you as somebody who is the DDG for Cooperative Governance um, in the Eastern Cape, and you hear the Auditor General here raising issues of accountability, raising issues of of, of oversight, it falls directly under your department. Why is this province doing so badly?
1: Uh, thanks very much, Kathy, and the, and, and the listeners as well. Look, I think that in relation to the findings uh, in the AGES report, certainly we... Have taken that to heart and taken it very seriously and we with the provisions being made. But our thing, the only thing that we did as a province was to change the in the new term of local government and ensure that uh, we deal with the basics and actually have the, them right. Shortly after elections, we will pick up that uh, we actually embarked on a very aggressive campaign to capacitate the new councillors. And we thought that we really can't uh, let the current crop of councillors remain untrained and uncapacitated. So we we'll spent a bit of time for two or three months uh, to do exactly that. We are aware that uh, part of the limitation has been the lack of capacity on, on the various committees in council skills that are, that are actually in short supply as well. The poor planning in municipalities, lack of accountability, we discussed that as well. We also discovered that there has been poor consequence management and, and, and the leadership battles uh, that were there. So in terms of the uh, work that we embarked on, we thought we must start dealing with the cross councilers councillors and train them. And I think that uh, we're uh, we also, also very clear that uh, Until we deal with the internal audit capacity, the role of chief audit executive, the CFOs and the accounting officers, will not be able to deal with the root cause of the problem. So we had a very useful session in March this year, which was titled the post auditing Symposium, where we invited all the CFOs, the uh, chief audit executive, the risk managers, and we spent a bit of uh, time on the the few days that we spent there, just to ensure that uh, the kind of problems that we picked up and that were raised by the AG actually uprooted and we spent a bit of time there. So this week, this, this month, in fact, okay, if you, you'll be aware that uh, the MEC has embarked on in a very comprehensive and aggressive campaign to speak to the councillors across the province. So we've met all, all the districts uh, in the last uh, three weeks. Today we're meeting the third apartment, the last district. And the only issue was to look at the irregular expenditure, and municipal expenditure, uh, the issue the role of councillors as well and to look at the grant expenditure because all the view that uh, the grants that are being underspent by actually leave a lot to be desired and they do impact negatively on the kind of uh, infrastructure development that must take place in so we've been spending a bit of time there we've been actually asking all the mayors and the and the various uh, weeks of of councillors in the last 3 weeks for them to take us through the plans that they have in store to begin to address the current under expenditure. So, mm. the, there has been a number of steps that were taken there the uh, internal field, that because we're very concerned about the Eastern Key Province being the debt in relation to grant expenditure and the other and, and the wasteful expenditure and other, other expenditure as well.
0: Mr. Mlokoti, these processes are coming in after the fact. And when we look at the review of the Auditor General, it's not only over this last financial year, but it takes into account the entire term um, of the fourth administration. And 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 from from what you you are doing, I don't hear you talking about this issue of accountability, because we we can't just move on. You know, we can't move on from the fact that um, there has been billions spent in, you know, irregular expenditure, under fruitless and wasteful expenditure, and then say, well, we're expecting better from these new councillors. What happened to those monies?
1: You, you appreciate that uh, the, the kind of approach that we have taken now is to deal directly with the principals or the political heads of the various municipalities across the province, to deal with the issue around the lack of access. We are concerned about the fact that a lot of what is reported to the age's Office doesn't get followed up by counselors, So certain them that they can't actually go to council and write off all these kinds of original expenditures. They must investigate and actually hold people accountable and determine liability in relation to who are the individuals that have transgressed or actually actually out of line. Now, what we found is a problem is the uh, consistency in relation to writing off without actually doing the investigation is so that uh, you can then decide as a country whether you want to condone, you want to recover, because these this monies that have been spent in a very an uh, uh, un- unpleasant manner, they must be recovered in instances where the recommendations. So we, we in the last year, we spent a bit of time on training of, uh, in the last the last year of the last term, we spent a bit of time on the training of public accounts committees, because our view is that the public accounts committees, for as long as they don't seem to know their roles and responsibilities, and they're not making a kind of uh, credible recommendations to countries, and the DC boards are not actually well empowered. We are not going to have any any consequence in relation to So that we we of the view that uh, that which was actually lacking behind in the last uh, year uh, must now be addressed. So. We are actually zooming in into the nuts and bolts of the causal factors or the root causes of the problems we have in local government now. So it's not like we have actually not been attended this meta part. We picked up that uh, our sessions of committee committees that are supposed to play oversight, our council that are supposed to play oversight have not been able to play their part and we just can't afford to have that continuing unattended to.
0: And and at what point do you as the department, uh, particularly of cooperative governance, step in? Because I would imagine that you're not only seeing this five years after the fact. You are there with these municipalities throughout, and you should be able to pick up on what is not going right, almost as, as it is unfolding.
1: Well, the department has been um, developing for the past number of years a municipal support plans. We last year, uh, in 2021, 2020, intensified the content of the municipal support plans that are supposed to be approved by the various councils. Our own officials, uh, together with our partners from DPSA and NPI, have been working so hard to ensure that all these issues that are found to be are normally all than addressed. So it's not like nothing has been happening. There is a great deal of work that has been done, but it does appear that the contributing factors is about government Kathy. So, when there is government collapsing in local government, anything that you do may actually fall by the wayside. We think that the government must be in order. Councillors must know their duties. Committees must be in place. Their TORs must be understood. Their recommendations must be taken for the implemented. Now, in, in, what, what we've argued is that if governance is actually in order, anything that you do around finances, around service delivery, or actually corner. So, that's why we, we thought that we must start and deal with the stability of the municipalities, the administrative and political interface. And ensure that the administrators know their roles, that the councilors know their roles, and that's that's been our focus in the last uh, six months. Now we're dealing with the operational issues with local government, and that has been part of our focus. So in the last number of years, that has been our uh, preoccupation to address. But it does look like uh, the the battle sometimes that uh, found themselves with local government contribute towards the collapse of government, and that is a problem. You you know that the, the metro in in Rebecca, for instance is one of those that have had uh, unending political battles that contributed towards the collapse of governance, and that impacts negatively on its service delivery agenda. And any other municipality where there has been failures of governance, you do find the same thing. And we do want to say that councillors themselves must up their game in relation to their governance responsibilities. They owe their duties to the public who elected them. That's the
0: first priority to begin to serve the public. All right. Uh, Kevin, let me bring you in here and perhaps uh, get your own views, partly on what uh, Mr. Lokoti has said, and also where you think the interventions in a province like uh, the Eastern Cape could have taken place, especially if we are looking at behaviors that prevent the type of usage and spendage of, 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 of budgets that we are seeing
2: yes absolutely uh thanks for the opportunity so just to uh clarify what the um a g said the a g said that in the eastern cape in fact the the entire country that over the last um uh, uh political term of uh municipal councillors in local government that uh, things had, had regressed, and she also made clear that in the Eastern Cape in particular that auditing it got worse over the five-year term. Now, I, I just want to just provide a little bit of context, just so your listeners are aware of this. Uh, some of the really shocking things that I find in the province are that nearly half of the Eastern Cape's 39 municipalities are being investig- investigated by the Hawks for corruption. So this was according to Police Minister, the National Police Minister, Becky Taylor, in response to a parliamentary question. And then related to that, our National Director of Public Prosecutions, Shamila Batoi, said that the lack of controls in administration in municipalities across the country was badly affecting the NPA's resources. So basically, Ms. Batoi was saying she can't cope, her department can't cope with a number of... Um, uh, Cases that are being brought to the the NPA. Now, you know, we just need to think about this and think about how shocking this is. That criminal action is being investigated in nearly half of the Eastern Cape municipalities. That's how bad things have got uh, in the Eastern Cape. And I, you know, there's a number of stories I could go on and on. We could talk about Amatoli, the fact that Amatoli can't pay his salaries, never mind deliver services to the residents of uh, that district, Amatlati. Amatlati is a complete mess, again, it can't pay salaries. Um, Treasury has said in relation to these two municipalities, they're living beyond their means, they're spending more than they're collecting revenue, and they've got bloated organizational structures. The question ultimately for me is, you know, if we look at the Eastern Cape, their municipalities, many, many of them are on the verge of collapse. Some of them have already collapsed. I mean, I I think that most people would agree with those uh, assertions. That shows me, and I think it should show all of us, that local councillors who are responsible for the running of the municipalities in the Eastern Cape, not all of them, but in those uh, um, councils where we have uh, these issues of corruption being investigated, where we have collapse, etc the mayor, the local councillors are responsible for running that council. They have failed. That is really, really apparent. That is the conclusion that anybody would draw, that councillors, mayors have failed. The municipal administration, the municipal managers, the senior managers in those municipalities who report to councillors and mayors, they have failed. That that is really apparent. Um, A lot of these problems, they, they reflect growth incompetence in these municipal administrations. The question is, when a council fails, who is responsible then? Mm -hmm. Who Who is the line of defense? The last line of defense, we could say, for municipal residents in the Eastern Cape of these very, very poorly run municipalities. The last line of defense is provincial government. Uh, Kevin,
0: I'm I'm going to pause you there. I'll give you an opportunity to respond with that thought. Um, It's just after 11.30. Let me go to Liesl Wilson, who's standing by with the latest headlines.
3: SAFM, leading the conversation.
0: All right, thanks for that update, Liesl Wilson. More from her at Midday. We continue the conversation looking at the state of affairs in the Eastern Cape and really the rundown state of the majority of municipalities there and why it is that we're seeing a further regression in those municipalities and very little progress. I'll be taking your calls on this issue on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, 614 104107. If there's a particular municipality you want to talk about, you're more than welcome to be part of the conversation. On the line, Vuyom Lokoti is the DDG in the Eastern Cape Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Kevin Allen is the Managing Director at Municipal IQ. And Kevin, you're making a very important point about what happens when councils fail and municipalities fail and who really and what really represents that last line of defence.
2: Yes, absolutely, Cathy. So, given the context of the very poor performance of municipalities, ultimately the last line of defence is provincial government. The the MEC has a constitutional uh, um, responsibility to step in and intervene in municipalities. Now, the MEC can do this in a number of ways, and the MEC's department... um, But ultimately, the most sort of severe way that it can be done is through a Section 139 intervention where basically an administrator is appointed uh, to run the municipality on behalf of the MEC. Now, the AG makes a very important point in this regard, and I I just want you to think about this because this is an important point because you know, my, my colleague, uh, over the DDG in the Eastern Cape, my esteemed colleague, um, points out a number of programs and initiatives that are based, that are right now being unfolded. And I think mm-hmm. this is a noble attempt to address what is happening on the ground. But in relation to this, in, in her report over what has transpired over the last five-year term, the AG expresses disappointment In the Premier's Office, the Provincial uh, uh, Cooperative Governance Department, the Provincial Treasury, in that they put in place a number of very similar programs in the last last political cycle, and there were no real noticeable results in in these programs. Now, that is what the AG is saying after a thorough investigation of what is happening on the ground. She also says that interven- interventions by the provincial government, specifically in Makana, in uh, uh, Ngejima and Amatole, have not yielded any noticeable progress. Mm-hmm. So this is the evidence we have of what the provincial government is doing at the moment. Basically the provincial government's initiatives and programs, and I say it very respectfully to my esteemed colleague in the Eastern Cape, but basically these are not having any noticeable effect in, in municipalities on the ground. I mean, you have a situation in Amatole where they, they have this really bloated administration. They refuse to make the hard decision, which is to uh, relook at salaries in the municipality, to relook at the number of people they're employing and restructure. That is basically what's required here. Now, if they are not prepared to do it, I assert that really the provincial government must step in mm. and do okay. something here. Yeah. I mean, if, if I look and I see that there are one, there's one adverse audit, there are four disclaimers. Now, Kathy, an adverse audit or a disclaimer means there's one of two things happening. There's either gross incompetence or there's corruption. That's when you get those audits. I, I would think that the provincial department of cooperative governance, if they see that that audit, when that comes out in the report, they should have somebody drive down to that municipality and find out what on earth has happened there. That that's that's the kind of intervention we need in the Eastern Cape. We don't need more capacity building. I mean, mm-hmm. those things are necessary. Those things are always necessary, but we need real intervention in these municipalities. We are not seeing real intervention.
0: And Kevin, I just want to pick up on this issue of salaries because it's a it's a it's an issue that the auditor general also makes broad finding findings on in this province. Because number one, she talks about the salary bill for municipalities collectively and how much of that actually exceeds um, the equitable share for the province, right? And and that means that if you're breaking it down to each municipality, what you're finding is exactly what you're saying, that there's this contest between paying salaries and delivering services. On the other end of that, however, you also have municipalities that are not spending their conditional grants. They're returning millions of rand to the National Treasury every single day. Single year for monies that they should have used on services that communities actually need. So it really begs the question where is service delivery in all of these issues that um, this province is facing?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's an excellent point. Service delivery is at the bottom of the list. That's uh, the blunt answer to that. Um, you, you firstly have councillors' salaries and you have municipal administrators' salaries and in the Eastern Cape these salaries are way way in excess of the average professional salary uh, of people in the private sector living and working in the Eastern Cape I mean that to me is absolutely astounding so people are being overpaid councillors and, and officials for what they're supposed to be doing they are making sure that firstly they get paid Making sure that senior managers and counselors are getting paid. If uh, someone is not getting paid, it is the workers on the ground. And ultimately, that, that it's very clear that in these bloated administrations, like Amatole, Amatlati, those are just two examples, there are many others, that the, the administration is being run in an unsustainable way. You cannot keep paying out money that you don't have. The National Treasury says as well, mm. it makes clear. That in most these municipalities, they, they have unfunded budgets. An unfunded budget is an enormous red flag in, in budgetary terms. It means that you are proposing to spend more money than you have. So you want to spend, if your total amount of revenue is 100 grand, you want to spend 200 grand. Now, Cathy, that can only end in tears. You, you cannot spend an extra 100 grand that you don't have. So... That is municipal budgeting one o one and again, the question is it's it's very clear that our our, our municipal mayors and our municipal councillors in the eastern cape have failed us they have failed their residents on the ground and they they have not taken their responsibilities ser- seriously right. the question again is how is the provincial government holding them accountable that is the bottom line for me Mm. the provincial government is there to step in it is our last line of defense when we have these crazy things happening on the ground when we have corruption and gross incompetence Where is the the, the provincial government in this? Why are they not stepping in effectively, and why are we not seeing change? And a lot of these municipalities have been run down over 25 years, 28 years. This is not something that has emerged in the last year or so.
0: I'll give Vuyo, uh, he is Vuyo Mlokoti, okay. he's, the, he's the DDG in uh, the Eastern Cape Cocktail Department. I'll give him an opportunity to respond yes. uh, soon. Just hang in there for me, Vuyo. I have Bonga Kawe also joining the conversation. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm back with all of them after this.
3: The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana.
2: Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: We've been focusing on the state of municipalities in the Eastern Cape for our municipal watch feature uh, today. I'm going to give Aya bongat He's a development economist and also hosts a show on our sister station, uh, Metro FM Talk, in the evenings. Uh, so be, do, please do tune in uh, for that. But Aya, when we talk about intervention, uh, one of the things you've wrote, written about is the complex uh, one three section one three nine, and mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's well intended in as far as uh, bringing intervention to administrations that are failing, but it does make things more complex. And unfortunately, the history of it elsewhere in the country has not always been one of success.
4: Good morning, Cassie. Good morning to the colleagues and to the listeners of sfm I think you, you're right, Cathy. Um, and, I, and it was great to hear, I think, in the part of the discussion that I managed to catch um, around some of the issues, Amasati, Amatole, and also in my own home municipality in Inokamikichima, uh, where there's been successive waves, I think, of the Section 139 processes. And I think, uh, you know, while my colleague says the effect hasn't been seen, I think the negative and adverse impacts have been seen. Um, I mean, if you compare all of the successive waves, and even in a place like Oarkambo, of these provincial interventions, um, the outcomes are often a significant amount of disunity, disruption, um, and a break even in the type of institutional continuity that you need to implement the programs of the municipality that can resolve uh, some of their own revenue challenges and also resolve issues of financial sustainability of the municipality. And I think, in essence, what we tend to do is to focus on a technical solution to what is primarily political. A lot of the issues that are being raised insofar as, you know, provinces being the last line of defense, um, I think also obscure the fact that a significant amount of the monies that are spent in ineptitude, in this corrupt manner that my colleague was describing, are effectively for much, much of the Eastern Cape, monies that are coming within the division of revenue from national and provincial governments. Um, and I do think that if we think we're going to have helicopter-type interventions, that take, you know, that political administrative interface, don't resolve those political issues, and put in an administrator, what we see is that it ends up creating deepening dysfunction that makes service delivery very, very difficult um, on basic core things to the work of a municipality. Uh, and I think those are some of the issues that we might want to, we might want to grapple with. Um, and why is it that Section 139 interventions don't end up getting the envisaged outcome, which is to stabilize not just the finances, but even the institutional environment of some of these municipalities.
0: Mm. When when we look at these municipalities and just even when it comes to compiling something like the Auditor General's report, a lot yeah. of them, at least a majority of them, rely on external consultants, again, using this issue of capacity that you've raised as, as a reason. But even where that is concerned, I, you find that the information that is given to these consultants is incorrect. So I, I tend to think that this issue of capacity is not always, the, the it's a convenient um, I- excuse in some instances for why yeah. these municipalities continue to get things wrong. Uh, because well, it, Kathy, it, it, i yeah. guess
4: I guess it's a question of where we're talking capacity, right? I think there's a deep principal agent problem. So a lot of the discussion we've been having is focusing on what the Auditor General found um, insofar as controls are concerned, insofar as whether planning and what was ultimately spent is concerned. But even before we get to Auditor General, what is the oversight role at a council level of a municipal public accounts committee, for instance? And when I say there's a principal agent problem, the, this political administrative issue I'm talking about, administrators know much more about their own service delivery budget implementation plan, in some instances, than some councillors who will sit in a municipal public accounts committee. And it does seem that there's this uneven distribution of information or capability between the two players that makes it difficult for councils to exercise effective oversight we see the same i mean uh, even with legislators at provincial and even at a national level in parliament where people can't really you know exercise meaningful oversight because there's an imbalance in the capability capacity and information base that is sitting on either side um, you know administrators municipal managers accounting officers in many instances are able to game and jiggle the system largely because they are reliant on Positioning particular people in oversight structures who might not necessarily know as much about what it is that they do as they would. And I think for me, the capacity issue sits there even before the AG comes, uh, because within the council system itself, there should be mechanisms of oversight and continuous uh, evaluation of the activities of administration before all of us crime murder. When the AG puts out uh, her Mm -hmm. annual
0: report, -hmm. I think it points to one of the issues that you had raised earlier about where a department like COCTA is trying to capacitate councillors.
1: It has been raised by by I as well as Kevin. Uh, The the question is that in local government, uh, there are two lines of defense. The first one is the province, uh, and maybe the province actually fails or doesn't have capacity, then national government takes over. You should be aware that. uh, in the Eastern Cape, we a where Inok and Dijima became rebellious against the intervention by the province to an extent that national government took over in terms of Section 19, and 7. The second thing that we have uh, is another municipality that is now showing signs of being un- unwilling to begin to embrace the provincial intervention, which is a, critical a municipality. And that, in my view, is also a potential candidate for national takeover in relation to municipality. So in instances where a municipality is-, is being provided with support by the province, and it does reveal, it creates a problem for kind of stability and national treasury, and then we'll actually take over. But I think you should be aware that last year, we took a decision after a comprehensive assessment of the capacity of municipalities and the extent to which they were addressing. And then we tabled it with the council. Uh, some municipalities that must be taken over in terms of Section 139. Our is one of those. Amatawale obvious is part of that list. And Am- Amataki also is part of the support we are providing. And also added the Waterloo School as well important that you must understand the dynamics around Amatoli because Amatoli municipality's salary bill was occasioned and convicted significantly by the regrading of the municipality by the previous municipal manager, and, and, and that continued. And that continued a, 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 to, to frustrate the, the ability of the municipality to pay for services because the bill on salary was too high. The matter had to go to court, and the court then ruled that the matter must be discussed by the local labor forum as well as the council. So that matter is now before council for it to resolve and implement the recommendations. I think the, the, the second point that I want to raise, which I was raised by by Kevin, is the, the collaboration we have with the law enforcement agencies. We know, uh, Kevin, that uh, we have worked so closely with the Hawks, with the SIU, in relation to the investigations, and I think we received the report consistently, and we act on them. And as well, the AG report actually uh, is, brought, is brought before us. We deploy immediately officials to go and find out the causal factors with regard to the the anomaly. So that work is ongoing and we provide support to mutualities on a, on a weekly, monthly basis and we submit reports in that regard. So we do have, actually have uh, that kind of uh, continuous support in relation to anomalies being picked up or deficiencies that are raised by mutualities themselves to support. What, what, the last, last thing Kate, that I want to raise is that uh, we have now agreed that uh, the manner in which have been supporting municipalities in terms of session 1 for a form of project up or improved in terms of content and therefore we said the financial recovery plan content must become the order of the day in terms of how we want to support the world government. Otherwise, if we continue the same old way that we've been doing for the past number of years, we can't make it break through. Mm. We have now said that there must be a change of game in terms of how we support the world government. And instead of having to wait for the invocation of Section 139, use Section 139 content in the SRP as an implementation implementation instrument in terms of Section 154. And that matter seems to be working so well in some inequalities. And that's our view that... automatically change the era uh, we can't have the kind of traditional support that has been provided and hope that we'll see things differently. Right. That, that, that's the approach that
0: have now taken. All right, Voye, I'm going to ask you just to pause it there. I want to take uh, some of our callers that uh, are holding on the phone lines. I also want to read this message uh, from Mlimantleil and Damase who says, I feel sorry for Mr. Mloko Kathy. He's a capable administrator and knows exactly uh, where the problems are. But what he's not mentioning is the one major problem and core issue. The absence of legitimate and credible uh, political scrutiny by the governing party over mm. municipal leaders, and I'm going to give you a chance to re- reflect <laughs> on that. Uh, I'll get your views in a moment. Let me bring in Sia from Danzani. Good morning, Sia Good
5: morning, Kathy. How are
0: you? Uh, I'm all right, Sia Just speak a little bit louder for me, please. Okay,
5: thanks very much. Uh, Kese, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm from Danzani, and we just have the thing that we have here in Kathy. Now you are one another issue. We've got a problem here in this case because we are being led by useless and incompetent officials. Because every time this is there in the problem. On top. It starts here at the bottom from the council. It's not starting there from this guy, just in man. Here where we're living here on the ground here. The company came here in Tanzania and built the road from Topek and then company case left about ten computers. And 10 printers to the council of, of any World 48. But none of those computers are there now that speak to you. None. When I asked them, I, I reported them to the, the council there, the performance the city. I report everywhere, but there's nothing that is happening. We, 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 we are young people who want to dream our, our location. We've got ideas, we've got all those things. But they just put those people that by use as an incompetent. Like, look at what happened in the kids. The kids, they don't have anywhere to Because come to me, Come and say, I'm happy because I'm speaking to you. Because you're there in Jobbik or, or, or wherever you are. But come and see, that. what is happening? Nothing is happening. But these people, they keep on putting Osama Boyana into power. What did they do in the fingers? Yes, but they keep on... Something is wrong with the people of the case. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, I'm for missing but something is wrong with that case. We
0: okay. can't regret this. We can't keep this. There's All no right. way we can live like this. Send the case. All right. Uh, frustrated, Sia Bonga, <laughs> Musi in Etokwini, eto, good, good morning. Keep it short for me, Musi, if you can.
2: Okay, Katie.
3: Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Katie, um, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, load shedding. I think it also goes within the, the issue that we're talking about right now. Kathy, you see, we, we all agree that if somebody is stealing or if somebody is incompetent, that person must be dealt with. We all we all agree with that one. But now we, we have a problem that when some of us are raising these these issues, we are looked or we are taken, especially by media, by the we are taken as if we are the people. Who, who? Because you don't like those people. But we are saying, you guys on the media, you you spoiled us during the previous administration with your investigations in the way you were reporting about the people at the time you were thinking that they were not uh, competent and they were not doing the job or they were stealing at the time. But now with this in, with this uh, administration, we we see you guys in in the media. So relaxed, and now when we're we, we, we taking you on a task based on how you spoiled us before, with, with, with the administration before, we, we feel that now we, we like we some kind of uh, 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 the enemy, enemies of progress. Look at ESCOM what is happening now. ESCOM is, ESCOM is falling down. But now when you talk about Henry Teret and all those guys, we don't see media as active as media was during the time of the prime ministers and all the people. All or, right. or, or M- the
0: Musi, I take the point, but I think it's a, a bit unrelated to what we're talking about this morning. But, point taken, Billy Masha, Limbobo, I hope you're going to talk about the Eastern Cape and uh, you know what we're discussing on Municipal Watch.
6: Currently, so good morning. How
0: are you? I'm well. Thank you, Masha. Go for it.
6: Thanks very much. The state of our local governance is in disarray throughout the country. The, prob- the problem is one, we, we are never ready to govern ourselves. We have no skills. We do not have uh, municipal, manage- managerial skills. For example, in the past, the isn't and people were governed through traditional authorities. Now... The problem, now when you bring on the municipalities, there's a bit of confusion between who's power and who's supposed to do what in terms of the functions. Now the problem is because our councillors are not literate in terms of the municipal law. They take people from schools, as teachers, ex-teachers and clerks. they come and become the counsellor. People that they employ there are their, are their own friends. You employ your friend who was a teacher, He doesn't know anything about things of quantity survey, things like engineering skills. You don't have all these kind of things. Now, you cannot run the country like that. All you right. need to mm. do a audit, know who's supposed to do what and when. All right, I'm really, going to
0: have to ask you to leave it there unfortunately we're quickly running out of time um, for this conversation and I also want to give our guests uh, a last chance to really weigh in and I don't know where the hour has gone it feels like you know we're just scraping the surface of, of, of what we're really here to discuss but um, Aya, I don't know if you want to take the first bite you've got a minute uh, just to respond to our callers there and also to yeah. wrap up your your remarks, okay. yeah
4: okay. yeah, I think I mean the last caller is correct, and um, that the transition from you know black local authorities and some of the other traditional um forms of authority in many of the former TBVC states towards one municipality, one council, and one budget, and so on uh, I think has been fought with its own challenges and contradictions, I think one of the ones that we kind of have to lift up is, is a lot of the issues that municipalities in the Eastern Cape are facing are also structural and systemic and are an outcome of weak economic performance and, and I guess a failure to transform many of these places from just having been, you know, centers for, for cheap labor. Uh, and that's why, you know, there's such massive contestation around municipal jobs, around access to these jobs that my colleague was saying fetch a wage premium, because in many instances they might be the only jobs in that kind of area. Um, And I think that that creates its own constraints insofar as the headcounts are concerned and also insofar as the ability to attract talent and retainment that can be able to, one, improve the delivery profile, but also really crowd in other forms of economic participation that transform the spatial and economic form of
2: those areas.
0: Mm. All right, Aya, let's leave it there. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Kevin, very briefly for me.
2: Okay, so my the bottom line for me is the way provincial government has to intervene. These problems have been around for more than twenty years. everyone's aware of them. We see them every day and we hear them every day the The interventions and the programs capacity building, et cetera., that have been ongoing that are there all the time are inadequate and insufficient. They are not addressing the problems on the ground. they are not improving. Service delivery for people of the Eastern and Cape through these municipalities. There's a the 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 other problem which we really didn't get into is there's a lot of political stuff going on here that people are not aware of. Um, there's a lot of friends uh, in in regions and at provincial level and at local level who support each other and defend each other, and this is at the cost <coughs> of service delivery. The the word the term for this is of course carder deployment. We see a lot of that. And really, ultimately, what we need to expect, Cassie, is that the provincial MEC and the provincial Department of Cooperative Governance has to stand up, lose a few friends at the local and regional ANC branches and stand up for residents in these municipalities right. and improve service delivery.
0: All right, Kevin, thanks for that. Vuyo. you've got uh, around 30 seconds for me, okay. just to wrap uh, up.
1: Okay, fine, thanks, Kate. Uh FACO has raised a very important issue in relation to IT terms legitimate political scrutiny of those who get deployed in facilities, And I must just say that... Uh Cocteau's role in terms of becoming elected in solitude is limited, and I think there's little role that we can do. But I think that we all, only deal with councillors once we get elected and train them. So it does become an elephant in the room, the kind of capacity of employees that get sent by political parties in solitude, and it does it does require a bit of attention. On the on the grant funding, I think you were doing, you're doing a bit of work there. You'll appreciate that the NEC is leading a very aggressive campaign to engage directly with Troika now, and to speak to them about why they are not acting on matters that should be dealt with in relation to non-expenditure. That matter is what we're dealing with now, to avoid that being a real carrying caring after the 1st of July.
0: All right, let me thank all of my guests for coming on to the show today. Yeah, It feels like uh, time has just flown by, and but I hope that we're able to at least cover some of these uh, substantive issues. Kevin Allen, he's with Municipal IQ, Vuyomloko DDG for Cocta in the Eastern Cape, and Aya Bongatawe, who is a development economist. That's where we leave it for today on the Talking Point, the updated noon. Up next with Sakina Kamwendo. Sakina, good afternoon.